And we're going to go live. So, ladies and gentlemen, just like that, as you might have seen me just close out one show, I didn't even get a chance to do a wardrobe change. I'm back <laughs> with the second hour of Impacted Life 24-7 with your host, CL King. I'm sitting high atop the Ruth E. Plowden Legacy Chair here in Impactville, and I am beyond ecstatic for my next guest, just like we were for Dr. Dunlap. These two pastors have been on the show now. This might be their third time, second or third yeah. time, third time. And they are truly, I can't find the right adjectives to describe these people because here's what I want you to understand. Oftentimes we hear about faith and faith without works is dead. And so these two, this amazing couple who is, building the church in New Orleans called Noah, uh, New Orleans Apostolic Haven. They are building an amazing church where it's coupled with faith and works. But the faith component literally blows this country away. When they post on their page, we are sometimes like, no, that can't that can't be for real. Y'all, 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 are you serious? And and every time I get to feeling, I every time I get to feeling like kind of in my feelings, every time I get to feeling low, every time I feel like, man, the world is against me, all I do is go to their page. <laughs> and, and then my life is made different. And so I want to tell you guys about P pastors. Phil and Jasmine McGee, of course, they are no strangers to Impacting Life 24-7. They're building a church in New Orleans, Louisiana, and they have been through some of the greatest highs and some of the lowest lows that any church builders could go through. And I have just been in inspired. They've inspired an, an entire nation and generation with what God is doing there. They truly do live the walk of faith. And every time they come up to this thing called a roadblock, God somehow <laughs> makes a way out of no way. So welcome to the High Definition Studios, my friends, Pastor Philip and Jasmine McGee. Welcome, pastors. Hey, how are you? I'm so honored to be here. Man, it's an honor to have you. And they're down there in the sweltering heat. <laughs> Of New Orleans, am I yeah. saying it right? Well, how am I supposed to say it? As a as New Orleans, a, New Orleans. Okay, I'll get it right. Um, yeah, maybe four more times on the show, and I'll be saying it That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but these these amazing people, I I I I feel like I get an opportunity to share them with you all in Impactville. Of course, you guys know our show is downloaded in almost fi all 50 states. It's carried in 30-something countries and on 40 platforms. So I feel like this is like I get to do show and tell today because <laughs> these people are people of God, of faith, and they just absolutely wow me every time I see what God is doing in their life. And that that is a good thing. But, you know, it, it shouldn't be that that light is hid under a bushel, but they're letting their light shine. So without further ado, because we got to get right to it, I wanted to welcome both Pastor and Sister McGee and pr get everybody caught up on how you guys met because they got a they got an amazing family. Who's going to tell the story of how you guys got connected? Well, <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. It's, 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 it's an interesting story <laughs> of how we met, to say the least. Go ahead. Uh, I was I was nowhere near a church. Uh, didn't grow up under any kind of denomination, under any kind of faith. And so I, I grew up in uh, South Jackson, Mississippi. And I grew up pretty I grew up pretty rough, pretty hard. Um, you know, was was raised in the uh, in an environment that was not real conducive with serving God, to say the least. And um, I, you know, as I got older, I fell into um, you know, criminal activity, fell into, you know, selling drugs, doing drugs, uh, became an alcoholic, was involved with uh, nefarious crimes here and there, and uh, just lived the street life and um, was a gangbanger, 
all that foolishness. I was involved in all of it. And uh, I met my wife. I was uh, 20 years old when I met her. And uh, she, uh, when I met her, I had the most vile ill intentions of just using her and, and whatever. And, um, but she changed my life. She had stepped away from God for a little while. And, um, when I met her, she was nowhere near God. She was raised in the apostolic church. Uh, but as life happens, uh, sometimes she left the church and I won't tell her testimony. And, um, so we met and, um, (laughs) the first time I ever went to church, it was just after Easter Sunday. And I looked at her and I said, uh, we had been together for a couple of weeks. And I looked at her and I said, uh, should we have gone to church on Easter? Right. And that was a very strange concept even for me to say, because I didn't go to church at all on, on Easter Sunday growing up. I didn't go to any church anytime ever growing up. And so for me to say that, I look back at it now and it was, it had to have been the Lord using me in that moment uh, when I didn't even know who the Lord was. Right. And uh, so she said, well, I mean, yeah, we can go to a church if you want to. And I, I quickly responded and I said, well, wherever we go, they got to have good music. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, Pentecostal churches have good music sometimes. Sometimes. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I didn't know what Pentecost was. I, I had never heard of it before. And so I step into this church in Jackson, Mississippi, and it's a big church. And um, there's about a thousand people there. And I'm, I looked like, you know, if you can imagine for a sec, close your eyes and imagine <laughs> a hood rat, just street thug. That's exactly what I was. Whatever you just imagined was yeah. me. Yeah. And so I walk into the back of this church, not knowing anybody, not knowing anything about God. Right. And I sit on the, ba- sit in the back row. He had braids. I had braids. I had a beard. Yeah. He had braids. I have to, I'll, I'll text you a picture <laughs> of me. Yeah, I got to have a picture of that, bro. <laughs> I just had the big rope chain. Yeah, man. (laughs) And so when uh, when I stepped into the church, uh, you know, I was completely out of my comfort zone. Everybody was dressed right. Everybody was clean shaved or talking to each other. And and I I didn't know what was going on. Um, Then as the preaching began and everybody's worshiping during worship service and and the the guy next to me has his hands up praising God. And I I high fived him because I just didn't know any better. You know, mm-hmm. I really did that. <laughs> and and uh, uh, everybody's speaking in tongues. And I look at my then girlfriend and I said, what are they saying? Do they all know uh, the same language? Do, what is that? Is that Hebrew? Hebrew? Is that Hebrew? What is this? <laughs> and, uh, what? But but what I felt there was was something different that I never felt before. And once the altar call began and everybody began to flood the altar, I decided everybody else is doing it. I'm just going to do it too and see what's going on. I want to experience what they're experiencing because I had felt this presence that I never felt before. Now I know it was the presence of God, but I went to the altar that day and two brothers were there to meet me at the altar, unknowing to me. And as I just stood there, they began to instruct me of how to pray and how to repent. And as I was real hesitant at first, because you know, I got to watch my back at all times. Right. And um, they begin to pray with me. And as I lifted up my hands and I just begin to repent for the life that I had lived up to that point, uh, the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, I had the, the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And uh, that same day, I, I went and got baptized in Jesus' name. They asked me if I've been baptized. And I was like, nope, don't know what that is. And um, we're, we're about we're to drown you. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, I tell folks at Noah, we're going to hold you under to the bubble stop. Oh, and just, he's just playing with them. Man. I told I told one lady recently, I said, once you get down there now, I want you to take a big, big breath when you're underwater. So the Lord will fill your lungs with this holy water. Uh-oh. And uh, she, if it wasn't for my wife, she probably would have did it. No. Uh, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, my life was changed in that very moment. I had no more tendencies and no more urges for drugs and alcohol and and i i immediately left and i cut all my hair off shaved my face and i i just i didn't want to be that person that i used to be right and i'm gonna let her speak 
Well, so, you know, well, let me let me interject here because I want to I want to make sure I have to put this caveat in here because these are both preachers. Right. So if I get a word yep. in edgewise tonight, it will be a miracle because <laughs> you got because now you got three preachers. We just had a preacher before Dr. Dunlap. I'm just like, I ain't going to get to talk on the show tonight. But the, but the, truth, but the truth of the matter is, is that uh, God can do anything with anybody. Right. And we don't know who may listen to this show later on who feels like who may have a similar story like you, Pastor Phil, that I don't darken the doors of any type of church and God wouldn't accept me. Well, there's a lot of people that may not go just because they feel like, well, the religion won't accept me or God won't. But you're a true testimony, brother, that that God transform humanity regardless of where we've been jasmine tell us a little of your story since he since he you get the same amount of time as he did okay no okay no so when i i was raised in pentecost um i say i wasn't born in pentecost i came to pentecost about four or five years old right at that break um really long story short um i came from a broken home Um, i was adopted um i'd love to tell you that my adoption story was what some of these beautiful stories we hear on social media these days are, but it wasn't. Um, it was a difficult experience. Um, from five to fifteen, although I was apostolic, I was abused um, from an from an in an apostolic church, and God kept His hand on me because a lot of people that go through that amount of abuse lose their minds, go crazy, can't can't hold their own. But God, I asked God one day, where was He in the midst of that? This was more recent, um, but the Lord spoke to me and he said, I was right there. And he, he gave me a vision of him holding my mind, uh, like his hands just wrapped around my mind. And so I know that God was there through those years. That is ultimately why I backslid, um, backslid at 16, started living the street life, you know, just everywhere, prostitution, drugs, if you, you know, if you name it, I've been there. Then I decided I'd try to get cleaned up, um, go on the, uh, I I decided I was going to try to run from God. That was my whole idea. I'm going to run from God. (laughs) And it it doesn't make any sense, but uh, that was my mind then. And so I decided I'd go in the military because, you know. (laughs) God's not a military, right? (laughs) Um, It's funny to say it now, but I thought I had a plan. And, um, I got there and I did well, you know, um, and then I was abused in the military and it was at that point that God was able to speak to me mm-hmm. for just to get on my level. He mm-hmm. spoke to me in that moment when I, when I woke up from that experience, God yeah. spoke to me and he said, I reign on the just and the unjust, the same. The only difference is my hand. And so I realized then that while I was traumatized as a child and then as an adult, God kept me, whether I realized it or not. Yeah. At that point, I was angry with God because I didn't have that vision at that point to see where God was mm-hmm. holding my mind together. But I had it then. By the time I met him, um, I was still into craziness. Um, I was still in the military. Um, but God, in his grace and his mercy, we, we did get together. He did ask that question. I responded. Ironically, somebody in Target um, invited me to church and it angered me. Yeah. And so it, God was already working on me without oh. him even knowing. And so that's how I knew where a local church was because I wasn't from the Jackson area. Right. I was just I was on duty and stuff. And so. With that being said, God was able to move in that even. And so that's how we ended up at that church. And um, he got the Holy Ghost and I got angry. <laughs> we had a huge fight on the way back to the house. Um, what did you, what'd you get night. mad about? What were you angry about? Because I didn't want to be Pentecostal. Oh. I thought church, I was good with just going to church. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows there's the Easter, Christmas Mother's Day Saints. And I was good with just doing that. And I didn't want to give up my lifestyle. And more importantly, I didn't want to be hurt again. Yeah. And it was a big eruption. And I said, it's fine. Um, You can live for God and and I'm not. 
I've seen couples where one spouse lives for God and one doesn't. We can do just fine. And so he said, okay. Yep. And he just, he let, once he understood why I left, he just backed off. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that was God's grace in that moment, because I think pushing on somebody that's truly been hurt without allowing God to work on them um, can be catastrophic. Right. There's more damage. And so God allowed it to work that way. He went to church. I'd go sometimes. I'd not, you know, just, and then about six weeks later, um, God refilled me with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You, know, you just said you just said something, Pastor Jasmine McKee. My staff told me I was saying y'all name wrong. Um, <laughs> their family. I can call them whatever I want to call them. Um, the you just said something that is really powerful, and I and I hope people who are in the faith community will listen to this. Is that uh, having a camera? It's it's all good, <laughs> Pastor Phil. Yeah. And God himself gave space, right? Yes. Um, and and that, that's an important thing. You know, we, we talk about this. We've talked before. You know, even in Pentecost, sometimes we are looking at everything immediate and bam, 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 and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that you needed that space to come to God. Yeah. Right. You needed that as, hey, look. I'm broken and I got right. broken in the church. <laughs> the right. place that's supposed to be the place of healing. And so right. it's so it, it's so amazing. This is how we know this is God because here's your gangbanger boyfriend and husband. <laughs> don't even don't yeah. even that meets greasy, but he recognizes that hey, look, I I'm I'm going to work on me and let God be God. And that's a, that's a beautiful story for those of you who are just tuning in and listening all to our podcast. We have pastors, Philip and Jasmine McKee here from the, the church that they're pastoring in new Orleans. It's yeah. called yeah. new Orleans apostolic Haven. And yes. they, their church has been built off of faith works and miracles. And so one of the things that I, that I would like to start with is I know pastor and we've been, we'll have you guys back on a million more times, but you know, I know you were an evangelist when you, when you started, when you went into the ministry and you guys were traveling around and God called you all to New Orleans. Is that how that went? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we, uh, so we were, um, we've, we've kind of done it all in the world of ministry. Um, Except for youth pastors. Yeah, we were never, never youth, youth pastors, pastors. <laughs> but nevertheless, and um, we're pastors in our youth, though. Right. So, and uh, <laughs> in 2012, God called me. Uh, actually, it was 2009 when I knew I would be involved in ministry. And um, my pastor at the time, I would tell him, you know, I, I feel the call to preach. I, I, I'm feeling this, and all he would ever tell me was, you know, pray and read your Bible, and so that's kind of what I went off of. And, um, there we go. (laughs) It's all good. I was kind of upset because I felt like he didn't take me serious. And, um, so I just kind of backed off from the calling. And in 2012, I, um, was at a conference in Oklahoma, a church conference. We were there helping the youth pastor out and, uh, she's fixed to cry with me. And, um, this brother got up and he started preaching and he started giving his testimony. And his name is Ari Prado. He's from Southern California. And as he was giving his testimony, I was just standing there in shock because it was my testimony. And as everything that I went through as a kid, my life growing up, it was the same testimony. Mm-hmm. And up until that point, I was under the impression that there's no ministry for me right. because of my past, right. because of how I grew up. I would only see these well-established ministers on the platform who their, their uncle's Moses and, and, right. you know, their, their stepdaddy was Jesus, you know? And so I, um, I thought, well, I don't have a pedigree, so there's no way I can, I can be involved in ministry. Uh, and then that brother got up and he started preaching and uh, gave his testimony and, um, you know, it changed my life. And that's, I hit my face in that, in that moment, I, I hit my face on the carpet 
And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to missions work. Mm-hmm. I'm calling you to ministry. And so um, my immediate thought was, you know, global missions or, you know, being a missionary. So we started pursuing missionary work, uh, ended up doing, long story short, ended up being missionaries to Puerto Rico for a little while, yeah. independent missionary. Right. Um, and then from there, we went into evangelism and evangelized right. four years, nonstop, been through 43, for 43 states and um, Canada, up into Canada and uh, in Connecticut. Sitting in the office of the yes. evangelist quarters, the Lord said, go home and start a church. And New Orleans always felt like home to me because we lived here before. Right. Mm-hmm. We were married here. And yeah. We had a lot of history. Here. And so the Lord said, go home and start a church. And I thought, nah, I ain't you, God. <laughs> and I just kept studying. And then she burst through the door and said, did you just hear from the Lord? And I, I knew that. At, the, at that moment, God had spoken the same thing to her. Right. And I said, yeah. I hung my head low and I said, yeah. <laughs> I I figured I'd never be a pastor. You know, that was kind of my, I'll never do that. Right. And, uh, but the Lord had other plans. Well, let me ask you, you this. So uh, go ahead, Jasmine. I'm sorry. What? Can you hear us? What? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can still hear you. Yes. Okay. The, the neighbor started cutting. The grass. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Tell him to quit cutting his grass. Doesn't he know you're on, you're on <laughs> impacted life 24 <24/7? laughs> seven. <laughs> no, we, we hear you fine. So when you when you came to New Orleans and you you came to pastor, you you assumed this big uh, 40,000 square foot facility and had full time staff and a parsonage and everything. Yeah. Right. That's twelve hundred members. No, yeah. Yeah. Listen, you know, I, tell all you, time. I will say this. God <laughs> called us here. I'm going to tell you a quick just a, a really short testimony. Um, Tinny, not Tinny, Novella Grace was three weeks old. Yep. And he put me on a plane in Boston and he said, go home and find a storefront. Since you know the city, I'm going to send you. And since Novella was little and I was nursing, um, I had to take her. So me and Novella came to New Orleans. And um, I said, he didn't know this. I said to the Lord, I said, I need to know when I get there that you've truly called us there. And we turned the radio on. It was Life Songs 89.1. Mm-hmm. And they have at the seven o'clock or they have like um preacher that preaches. I forget his name now. And he was preaching about Nehemiah. And when God called him to go and build, rebuild the wall. And I just, I put my head on the steering wheel and I just started crying because I knew that was God in that moment trying to tell me, hey, I know you're here and I know you need this word from me. And if you come, this is what I'm going to do for you. Well, that's powerful. And so if you, right, if you look at the story, I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now looking back, Nehemiah had everything he needed. But one thing that was important is while he built the wall physically, he had to fight with the sword. Mm-hmm. And so you build and you fight and you build and you fight. And so that is why we go through the struggle we go through is because we're building the church, but we also have to war with the spirit. Yeah, This ground is not going to be given up easy. It's not going to be given up. You easy. know, and ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I'm joined by pastors Philip and Jasmine McKee from New Orleans Apostolic Haven. They are building a phenomenal church there, but it didn't start out like that. So when you, where did you have your first service? We had, we had our first (laughs) service. Well, we had our first service in our living room. Right. That was our first Bible study with my family and one neighbor that was across the street. Right. She came and then COVID hit and shut everything down, but mm-hmm. we didn't stop. We just well, kept rolling with that, it. Before that, our first Sunday right. service, right. was before um, we had been having midweek services at the house. At the house. Yeah. So and then doing, we were doing it in Sunday, your home. Um, we were supposed to rent a seven day Adventist church. It's a long story. And then the night before our launch for Sunday services, yeah. We'd already been having church before then, but for the Sunday services, they pulled out. And they, they said they didn't want you to we have went it. to God and we said, 
Yeah. Mm-mm. The the night before. The night before. So we stood on the side of St. Claude and we just prayed. We said, God, what do you want us to do? He said, I never told you to get a building. Yeah. And so we went into an old Walgreens parking lot that was across the street from that church. Right. A vacant Walgreens parking lot. And we had church. We had a, we had a microphone attached to a speaker and we had church. church. (laughs) (laughs) A microphone attached to a speaker and you had church in the park, (laughs) in the parking lot. Yes. It was an old vacant Walgreens building. from that, from that one church service in the parking lot, we we kind of hopped around a little bit in different parking lots. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then we finally landed on the property that we now own. Yeah. And we put a tent up, and so we were outside right, having church but, for a couple of years. But don't tell, don't tell. Let me unpeel this. Don't don't tell it all, Pastor, because all right. you you went to you went to several parking lots then you came to the place where your your church is currently located but you weren't having church there you were having church outside right and it's actually a a vacant lot that's across the street from the church right (laughs) and it's a big square and uh the city of new orleans before we got the property i wanted it i saw it and i said i gotta have that property it's perfect to build a church on but there was a church right next door. So I'm like, maybe. And so uh, the city of New Orleans actually gave us that property free and clear. We would we would cut the grass on the property and pray while we're cutting the grass. Cut in in faith. Faith. Yeah. We'll cut in faith and say, Lord, this is mine. I'm taking care of it. This is my property. I own it. You're going to give it to me. And we would cut the grass. Once a week, we bring the kids out there to play on it. And we're talking about this property. I think it's 100 by 200, big piece uh, of property. Uh-huh. And we would, we would push it with a mower. And we would, at one point in time, at one point in time, I, I was attacked in my body. The morning we were supposed to go cut the grass. And um, I, I was attacked in my body with uh, vertigo. Vertigo, yeah. And I felt like I was dying. And I said, I have to go there. I don't care what I have to do. And my wife, I couldn't, I could barely stand up. I don't know if anybody's had a vertical attack or not, but I could barely stand up. And I, I, I kind of limped out of the truck and drugged my feet to the mower. And my wife was walking with me with her hands under my arms, holding me up. Because he wouldn't while let me we do were it. Praying. He said, I have to do this. And, I have to do this. And we would drop oil behind us and anoint the property. And then the city of New Orleans gave it to us. So now the, was, wait, let me let me make sure we clarify this. So the you were mowing the 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 lawn where the where the current building is now, or the the lot oh, across the street. Door. The tent property. It's right yeah. next door to the property. Okay, yeah. right. And so you wanted that property, or you wanted the the property that the building's on. Well, we wanted that property because it was big enough for us to put a tent on, right, and do do. And nobody could get a hold of the owners of the church building. Right. right. It took about a year before we were able to ever talk to the owner of the church. So, so now, t- so, so now, tell us this because you guys got to keep y'all moving. Tell us about having church in a tent for all those years. What was that like? Oh, it was, it was awesome. People are attracted to tents. Actually, it really does and work. We had we had over a hundred people under that tent at one point at in time. One point in time. And we would just go out there and I'll tell you the routine. I would get there 30 minutes to an hour before service. I would pull the generator out. I'd set the speakers up. Me and my kids, we set the speakers up, mm-hmm. put the microphones up, and the speakers were the first thing to be plugged into the generator. Right. Because I would get the music going right. and I would turn up real loud some Marvin Sapp and, yeah. and Yolanda Adams, you know, from some some music like that and, and yeah. it would draw people out of their homes yeah because we're in the middle of a neighborhood so we would draw them out of their house and then they would come outside and see us setting chairs up and we're praying loudly and right. um not noxious but people could say we're praying right 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 and uh, folks are atta- they're attracted to tents yeah they'll and- drive by and say Tent revival. I'm like, yeah, yeah come on. Exactly. And and you <laughs> and, know uh, 
you can't you might can argue with the method but you can't argue with the results and i definitely agree with you you've seen many tent revivals very very successful but you guys started a church <laughs> so we got to progress right. here we we started hopping we were parking lot hopping and then and then we came to this lot <laughs> mowing it and believing in faith the city gave it to you then you set up a tent yeah. and how long were you in the tent oh two years Two years. two years two and uh we two would year, two years of ministering preaching there on sunday mornings and it's yep. not it, it new, new orleans is not necessarily uh uh southern california it gets pretty warm there doesn't it it does it's the humidity that we have to worry about and um so there would be times when it would rain and all of our equipment would get wet and everybody would huddle in the middle of the tent Yes, because it was raining so bad, but we just kept having church. We kept preaching, we kept singing. There would be times that our generator would stop working mid-service. One time our generator would not come on. Yes, and part. so we literally <laughs> pulled up our Yukon next to the yes. tent and it's got the Bluetooth sound system, whatever yeah. inside of it. Yeah, And so we opened the doors and Bluetooth the, the music to the car speakers <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had worship service like that yeah and, and i'm loud already if you can't tell yes. and so i just no microphone because we didn't have electricity that day <laughs> so 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 now let's remember the building when we uh, the building you got that 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 we saw dedicated i got a picture of it here on the screen for those of you wondering who i'm talking to i'm talking to pastors philip and jasmine mckee they are the pastors of the New Orleans Apostolic Haven Church. They they God called them there some years ago and they started the church in parking lots, having services in various parking lots, and then moved to a field and, and the tent they were having a tent service uh, yeah. on Sunday mornings. And now the building that we that we saw, that building was was a blessing, but it, it took a it was a lot of work, wasn't it? Was it was a lot of work. <laughs> to say the least, we bought a uh, we bought a building that um, it was a Hurricane Katrina building. So it was in Katrina. It had 13 feet of water inside the building, and it was completely gutted when we bought the building. Wow. And the original owners they wanted a hundred thousand dollars for it, like it was. And so I, you know, I refused that. I offered them ten thousand dollars. They refused that. So eventually, yeah, I hit them low, brother. So eventually, well, in fairness, <laughs> the city had it appraised for that. Yeah, the city said it's only so worth. So we 10 grand, offered so. what the city said it was valued. Right. Just in fairness. And so, um, from that, you know, about a year goes by, and I keep a relationship with the pastor there. And uh, we, you know, in that time span, the Lord spoke to my wife and I and told them to offer fifty thousand, offer half of what they were asking for. Right. So we offered them fifty grand, and we never heard back from the pastor. And a couple of weeks later, I see his brother-in-law and his brother-in-law tells me that he passed away and that him and his wife were assuming ownership of the property and that they accepted our offer of $50,000. And um, so we started working to fix the building quick as we could. Yeah. And um, then Ida happens. Looking at him. Lifts up the back portion of like the roof. the roof right and i'm thinking good good lord we didn't have these problems we had many problems we didn't have that problem lord before this happened like a long story short we we did um work on it but when ida came um we lost everything yep lost our home everything. a few people actually told us you know it's okay if you don't go back everybody will understand and all of a sudden we kept but the lord said no I want you to go back wanted you to finish the work that I sent you to do. Yep. So we came back, um, was homeless. Almost for a year. Literally, for one year, we were in hotels. Homeless with seven kids. Airbnbs. It was, listen, if we had an excuse to go, it would have been then. Right. And so, but we stayed, God honored it, kept having church under that tent. Um, we um, started working on building again, had to clear out a lot of stuff that we had already fixed, but we cleared it out anyway and got started. And the re 
the put back probably took what? six, eight months, nine months, nine months to build it back ten up. Months. Yeah. And you, and somewhere in the middle of all this, your tent blew away or something like that. Didn't your tent get damaged? Yeah. <laughs> so the first tent, so it, it survived, it survived two tornadoes. Yes. But all of a sudden a freak windstorm happens and yes. destroys the tent. Yeah. Ironically, that was when we were purchasing another property while yeah, we were. It's like, yeah. okay. You know, yep. sometimes Satan so, is petty. And so we, we called the guy that we got the first tent from. And um, I said, hey, man, we need another tent. This one got messed up. And he says, well, I got another one. It's, it's a 20 by 30. And it was brand new. It was 20 by 40. So it was a little bigger than the one we had previously. So I said, okay, that's cool, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it because we can't have church and building yet. Wasn't nowhere near where, where we needed to be. And um, um, so he calls me and he says, yeah, I got this tent. You know, you guys can use it for, I think it was like $300 a month. So it wasn't cheap, but it was a deal. He was cutting us a deal. Right. And so we end up um, buying that tent from him. And I just, I get, I acted in faith. I'm not going to lie to you. We needed the tent. We couldn't keep renting it. We just wanted to own it. So I said, hey, man, would you sell this tent to me? He says, I just spent $8,500 buying that tent. <laughs> I mean, I would sell it, but I just spent $8,500 on it. I said, okay. I said, I'll give you 3000 for it. <laughs> and he said, I just spent $8,500 on it. I said, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'll give you 3000 and, and he said, uh, I'll call you tomorrow. The next day he called me. The next day he called me. He was like, you know, I just bought this tent. I spent eight thousand dollars on it. Yada yada. I said, Yeah, I know. But I mean, I got three grand. I'll give it to you for this tent. And he said, You can have it for three thousand. <laughs> so he sold me his brand new eight thousand dollar tent that he just purchased. We might have been the first one to ever rent it. But he sold it to us for, for for 3000 That's amazing. The favor of God. That's the favor of God. Always, God is always seeming to operate right on time for y'all. You guys oh. are family with, with uh, the married with eight children. Tell us yeah. the ages real quick for your phone dies. So it's 14, 13, 10, 8, 6. Novella is three. Nemo is two. And then Tinny Faye is three months. Jenny Faye is three months and she got daddy wrapped around her finger. No oh. doubt. <laughs> so, um, so now we start working on the building. I remember that they had to come redo the roof and, and you had to do all that. And, you know, in terms of, in terms of the blessings of God, God opened up some provisions to help with the cost of that. Right. Okay, he did. So we got a grant. Uh, we have not gotten all of the grants. Um, that we were originally supposed to get, but God can God can move on that um, situation. But God opened up a door for us to get that grant, and um, so that was we were able to get a lot of the work done at that cost. Um, but I, be, I we're believing God to finish the work that He started in that department, and then um, a lot of other things was project sponsors. Mm. So people say, "Hey, I want to sponsor." Like, for instance, recently, somebody sponsored the uh, vanities and um, fixtures oh, yeah. for the plumbing. And so they, since they donated the money to purchase the items, we purchased the items and we did the labor. Yeah. And so, you know, God, honestly, he did the labor. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say that because I just seen a post where uh, Pastor Jasmine was in there setting the toilet. I was like, "Where's <laughs> Where's Pastor Phil at?" Oh, he was out doing <laughs> more. Yep. I was the grass. He said, I'd rather be outside than to be inside dealing with the plumbing." And yeah. so I, don't do I agreed because um, it works. It really does work best that way. Yeah, and and you know you got you got your restrooms uh, finished there. I seen so that that was that was an amazing miracle. And you know I want to show you guys something about the the timing of of the way things happen for Pastor Jasmine and and Phil McGee McKee of uh, New Orleans Apostolic Haven. You you were looking for a home and you talked about that that you guys were kind of homeless and you know bouncing yeah. around living in. I remember you living in. Uh, uh, Airbnbs and all that. Yeah. 
And and so you found a home, and, and it was an, a home that could fit all of you in there because I know we had a big family too, so you got to have some square footage. You can't do a single wide, really. And and so you got into this house, but just recently you got some news that, that the owner wanted to sell it, right? So um, they actually was on the news last, not them, but the situation was on the news. Mm-hmm. So that has skyrocketed across our parishes, not just Orleans, but Orleans, Jefferson, St. Bernard. Um, and homeownership, um, insurance, the homeowners insurance skyrocketed. And then the taxes, we looked up the taxes last night, um, when we were looking it up for this home and the taxes for that house also went way high, Mm -hmm. it tripled. And so they literally are in a financial bind, bless their hearts because they, they can't afford to keep renting it they have to sell it and a lot of people are in that situation here in new orleans yeah and Um, and just just for perspective guys that that, that's that's a that's a really tight position for a homeowner to be in because if a homeowner is renting the house out and they're still losing money they got to get out from up under it and so they kind of gave you a a relatively short notice that that you had to make some changes huh and so the situation if i can if you want me listen, we're real people. And it was a real situation that we were in. Yeah, we don't have credit. So therefore, when you buy the church with, with cash, and you buy the properties with cash, you buy your vehicles, or you, you buy your trailers and different things like that, and you don't use credit. That's, that's horrible. That's horrible. You don't like you have a number. Um, but it, it, it doesn't yeah. reflect who you really are. Right. So my situation, I was in the I'm in the 550 range, because I don't use it. I think and my I'm credit not score, embarrassed for it. I think my credit score is 18. I don't oh, know. No. It's low. <laughs> it's, but literally, the religion told us that we couldn't buy and yeah. we couldn't rent because in this market, you have to have just as high of a credit score to rent as you do to purchase. Sure do. Which, no sense. Right. But the way it works. And so um she said, I don't want to have to see you live in your trailer again, the, the little travel trailer that God blessed us with. But I don't, I don't see a way right now. So I was looking and we were praying. We actually kind of thought maybe God was done with us here. Maybe God just wanted us to be the Noah and build the ark and let somebody else take it. We didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. but God, um, we found this house. It is, it was, um, it was owner finance. I didn't understand what that meant because we've never bought a home ever. We've always rented. And so um, they they reached out, found out the terms. The miracle is really, it's still really showing itself how great it is um, that God did it. And so basically our mortgage is the same exact price as the mortgage she has. Okay. Mm-hmm. Our which is a blessing. No, no additional interest on top of it. Okay. The closing was no cost to us. Okay. Yep. Um, what else did we have? We ended up the down payment. That was a miracle in and of itself. We didn't know how we were going to get it, but, um, so the Lord told me to keep my meeting yesterday that with somebody and instead of clearing my schedule for the closing yesterday. And I, I was in a war with myself, but I wanted to follow the Lord. I went and I met with this woman that um, it's a business owner. And she said, you know, when I met you that day, I felt like it was a divine intervention. And I want to know what's going on with the housing situation. Well, I was meeting with her for a different topic of a personal situation she's going through. And so I said, well, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to do like pastors do. We reroute your yeah. question. Why right. we're really. I said, well, I'm not really here for that right now, but I'm here to see how you're doing. And she said, answer a few more of my questions. And then she said, no, I feel like I'm here for something else. So tell me exactly what's going on with the house. Um, did you even find a house? And so I we begin to tell her what was going on in that situation. She said, and that's what I felt that I needed to do for you today. So she gave a large portion of our down payment. Mm. And then um, while that meeting's going on, 
a missionary, I can't tell you exactly where they're at, but because they're in, in an undisclosed area, but a missionary in Africa was praying with their husband for us that yesterday morning, the Lord spoke to them, not knowing our situation because they are in Africa, right? Right, right. They, she texts me and she says, how's the house going? Because she knew we were looking for a house. Everybody knew we were looking for a house. Um, I told her, well, we were, we were supposed to close today, but we, you know, I don't know how things are going to work out. She said, well, um, the Lord spoke to my husband and I and told us to give you this amount of money. Now they're praying in Africa and God gives them a number. It literally got us almost everything we needed. Right. Right. right almost. Wow. Oh, right. So, um, we were thankful that, um, there were some other people that came forward and said, no, we will help you as well. And so God just did what God does. So today we closed on it. If you look it up on Redfin, I was happy when it said sold today. <laughs> yep. I just shared, I just shared the picture to all those who can't, who can see us live. I shared the picture of the whole family on the porch and uh, w- uh, an amazing story. One other thing, because you guys know we're going to run out of time. So I got to get to this. One other thing that, that, that the church that in Noah does is you guys pick people up for church and you, you, your transportation is important because there are some people who want to come to church who simply just can't. And let me just, let me just lay the background for you because I know that they, that they will, will do it better than me, but I want you guys to understand the setup. Um, they have been using their church van to pick people up and the church van is just simply on its last of the last last legs yeah right like yeah. down but, on us today it yeah. broke down on them today and so yeah. a, a pastor in a in a community where god called them pastors in a in a community where many people would not stay many people would not go pastor mcgee didn't tell you but he's been shot at the property that's true <laughs> that's true he hasn't been in front of the church. That's not good. Not, you know what I mean? It is, it, it is, it is just a, a, you got to be called and you right. got to be, but right. then, but it, but then the other piece is but, you got to be chosen to let me preach for a minute and I'll take up. Oh, no. You got to be on. called, but you also got to be chosen. And these people, these people are chosen to be in this time, in this season and in this city. And so they're trying to get people back and forth to church, and it's a struggle. So enter in the faith bus. Yes. Tell (laughs) us about the faith bus. So um, the van broke down at a church event um, like two hours away. This is a couple months ago. And my husband was pretty stressed out about it. He called a friend of his and said, listen, I just need you to pray for me right now because I don't know how I'm going to get home. And so two of them prayed, it's evangelist, and um, they they just prayed, God, what what to do? And so the man of God told them, listen, I really feel like in the Lord that the Lord would like you, that the Lord would want you to put up this um, GoFundMe. Now the faith bus thing hadn't come around yet. So just put up a GoFundMe. And I was like, oh my goodness, I really don't want to be those people. Um, and so um, we didn't that day. That was a Saturday. Monday morning in prayer, the Lord said, people sell church chairs all the time when they want to put the new chairs in their church. Um, look up cartoon bus on Google. And the Lord speaks to me that way. I looked up cartoon bus on Google. And if you do the same, you'll find it. You'll see that little picture that I have and it had faith bus. And I said, oh my goodness. He said, tell them to take a seat on the faith bus. And so that's how we got there. (laughs) And um, we've got 191 seats um, already taken. Um, We um, decided (laughs) to get a bus that was, somebody donated a bus to us that only has 60,000 miles on it, but it has not run in three years. They said, maybe if you look at it, you might get it running. It would be worth a shot. So we got somebody to finally agree to look at it, uh, professional last week. Um, And we're starting that process of trying to, it's gonna cost. 
and likely what we think is wrong with it, there will be that and some more as you dig into these type of situations. And it's an actual bus. It is. Well, it's a 15 passenger van. Okay. Uh, but that would prevent us from making two trips on Sunday. Right. We could pick up everybody in one go. And um, again, it needs some work. Uh, we don't know everything that's wrong with it, but we're anticipating a good amount of stuff. Right. <laughs> but you know, it was it's only got sixty thousand miles on it and uh, it was That's, owned by one church. Well so. now tell us this, y'all. If it's the faith bus, they, they buy a seat, how's that work? How, how do how do so, you participate? So they um the seats we have four hundred seats at forty dollars. Um some people have said, you know, I can only do ten dollars, I can only do twenty dollars, or I'm gonna give a hundred dollars. And so we basically equate it, but more people than not will just donate the, the amount of the seat, which is $40. They'll do cash at Venmo or PayPal. And um, that gets into a collective pile to be used um, for that for that project. Um, that's, that's a lot of the ways that um, Noah works is people can choose a project to be involved with. So they may not want to be involved with the faith bus, but they want to be involved with the toilets or they want to be involved with this or that or the other. Um, and so that's what's going on right now. Like I said, we have 191 seats. So we're really need, close. Yeah. You're, you're almost at 200. And if people almost would there. like to, if people would like to participate in buying a seat on the faith bus, what's the, what's the handle so we can give them the actual the, information. Can do cash app is, um, N-O for New Orleans, and then dollar sign N-O, and then it's apostolic spelled out, Haven spelled out. And it's the same um, handle on Venmo, just with the at sign um, on Venmo. And then on our PayPal, we have a donate button um, that they can use. Okay, and where's the PayPal? What, what do they, how do they find you on PayPal? Same thing? Uh, the PayPal um, is actually the church name, New Orleans Apostolic Haven at Gmail. Um, okay. That's our New Orleans Apostolic Haven at Gmail for PayPal. It's also NO Apostolic Haven on Venmo. Yes. And it's NO Apostolic Haven dollar sign, dollar sign NO Apostolic Haven for Cash App. So yeah. if you would like to help these pastors who are in the throes of revival and God is moving. I want to show you guys this real quick. If, if I can get to it real quick, y'all, they, they, you did, you did have the uh, church dedication, correct? In March. We did. So we still don't have our electric on yet, but they said that they were going to do a schedule outage tomorrow to try to do, um, put in a three phase. Um, that won't give us power, but it'll get us very, very close. Um, we, we're already tied into the transformers and everything. Um, so hopefully, in a, you know, sooner than other than later, we'll have air conditioning in that building. <laughs> yeah. So here it is on the screen, ladies and gentlemen. This is what when I met these folks, this building was completely empty. You can see it on the screen there. And now the work and the labor and the dedication and the commitment of Pastor and Sister McGee, as well as many others throughout the the New Orleans area and and throughout th throughout the country, have been watching this work that started in a parking lot, <laughs> that moved to, yeah. to to a tent that got destroyed, that got an upgraded tent to this and. I just, I've been a part of building churches and, and you guys put a lot of hours in to this ministry, like an average amount of hours per week. What would you say, Pastor Phil, how, how much? Um, how many hours a week? <laughs> well, um, how many hours in a week? No, uh, <laughs> truth is, is that at, at the highest point of it, I was, I was clocking around 70 hours a yeah. week. 70 hours and you have delivered a couple babies during this process haven't you so we had Nemo when we were under the tent his uh -huh. first service ever was tent service <laughs> um and maybe that's why he's a little on the wild side yeah uh -huh. and, uh, tinny faith was born um at near completion of the building 
Um, and so, uh, she so when we had contractors in the building, being as my wife was the grant writer and things like that, um, she was the one that was on on the job site, if you will, yeah. uh, for the whole day. For one, she has way more patience than I do, and I would ran everybody off. Yeah, <laughs> but that was a part of the grant situation yeah. as well. And um, and so I I pretty much took care of the people. Yes, you know I I took care of the the church people. The Bible studies, the house Bible studies, hospital visits. Right, you know, take to the doctor and grocery store, things of that nature. But I would always show up with lunch for all the employees, all the all the guys that were working. So. Greg says, my VP Greg says the book the the book should be titled The Parking Lot Church, Our Faith. <laughs> yeah, that really is titled The Miracle on Benton Street. Right. Oh, really? That's the net that's the street yeah. your church is on? Yeah. Yes, it's the miracle yeah. on Benton Street because it literally has been a miracle. Yeah, it, it, it has been. So you're writing the book or is it finished? She's writing I am that book. Writing. That that's the book that she's writing. And I'm writing a book called Church in the Hood because <laughs> where we're at, it's a it's it's not the best area. We right. think it's the best area, yeah. but it's still in inner city New Orleans. Right. And so there's no literature out there telling anybody how to start a church in an urban environment. Right. You know, give any kind of instructions, any kind of and the truth uh, is, advice, is that you know you can reach. Yeah. I firmly believe anyone can go there and be successful right. if they can master love. It's love and respect. That's if what they it's all can about. love them, then God can do it. Right. I feel that I feel that same way, y'all, because you know, we go into the prison every month with our work here at Impact Life 24-7. And love yeah. and respect gets you miles and miles and miles into people's hearts. And ladies and gentlemen, for I, we're getting ready to wrap up. You know, I'm talking to preachers, so they we can never finish on time. But we we we, we that's right. But we we got to work on our first closing. You know, the the truth of the matter is that we get excited when football and and basketball and baseball goes into extra time. So just give us a few more minutes. I just want to. I really want to push this this apostolic bus, the faith bus. And so, if you would like to contribute to this. The dollar sign N-O Apostolic Haven is how you can buy a $40 seat on the faith bus. Or on Venmo, it's the at sign N-O Apostolic Haven. And, of course, on uh, PayPal, it, what was the PayPal? New Orleans Apostolic Haven? Church's name, New yeah. Orleans Apostolic Haven at gmail.com. New Orleans Apostolic Haven. Now, listen, understand this, that Pastors McGee, are doing this building a church with eight children and all of them <laughs> there's still 14 is the oldest i told i told pastor jasmine i said you know my son my oldest son turns 30 this month and she says well i'm 33 i'm like <laughs> what <laughs> and, and and thank god for for what his hand has demonstrated being upon you all because we can always look at the excuses to quit but you guys have you guys find every excuse to keep going that's what i right. love it. i love it and god well, is upon you what it comes down to is you just go on the last word god gave you i mean noah didn't hear from god for a hundred years right he just went off the last word God gave him. And so until God tells us the next direction, we're just going to keep pushing forward for his kingdom. You know, we, we are, we, we live by faith and not by sight. You know, we, we live for today and prepare for tomorrow. And so we, we trust God. We trust everything that he's involved with. We take the Bible literally and um, we just love people. A young lady <laughs> commented on your, on the live. She said, um, I can't remember. I can't even pronounce her name. Last name is Norman. She said, I have never met these people, but they have inspired me. I've tried to help all I can to help them with the van need. So your story, this is, this is why I love that you live the story out loud. Don't let any of the religious folks tell you don't post great stuff. If God blesses y'all with a million dollar seed, post it. 
so we can but all run around the community. We do that because we want people to know God did it for me and I'm nobody. Right. So definitely do it for you. Right. I, I take that back. Take that back immediately. You are somebody. You're, you're God's <laughs> child. And but listen, so, truth. If God can yeah. use us. Right. And that's why we, if you will, live out loud. Right. And we tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's why we're sitting here. Right. We look yeah. frazzled and a mess because we're real people. Right. We go through real situations and God still finds a way that we can be blessed well, to his One of the, you know, I think it's important here. Tenny don't like me yet, so she cries. Uh, I think it's important for people to see pastors as real people. Right. Yeah, we, we're not living this fancy lifestyle. Right. You know, we, we go through hard times, we go through struggles, we go through trials, and you know, maybe one day we can come back on and talk about the struggles. Yeah, uh, I want to. I want to. I want to bring you back for that, and I also want to bring you back about the point that you brought up about building a church in an urban community I, yeah. I i think the i think the apostolic movement could could use some teaching on that because yeah. my wife and i's ministry has always been we all when we come to a new city we say where's the projects we we, yeah. we, we go we go find them because you know why because so many yes. won't won't go there right you know I, I told you the beginning of the show my testimony where i come from you know come from the hood raising the ghetto the church that i went to the first time was two miles away from my neighborhood and we never got outreached wow. nobody, nobody nobody ever knocked on my door on a saturday morning nobody and that's no i'm not discrediting that church at all right what i'm saying is urban environments get looked over they do and i knew when god sent us to new orleans i knew where he was sending us right yeah. And I said, right. okay, so we, we're, we're going to the lower nine. We're going to the lower ninth one, right. which um, it feels, it feels like home. You know, these are, those are my people, that, you know, and that's, and that's what God says. You know, God, remember you talked, yeah. you talked about Moses when, I mean, you talked about Noah, but I'm, I'm thinking about what, when God was dealing with Moses, he said, uh, them is your people. Cause God right. need to wipe them all out. He said, I, them is your people. That's true. Right. When you chapter. Brother, when you can go to a place and you call that you call those people your people, you know that's the calling of God. So listen, we are seven nine. We are nine minutes over, and I could we could probably go another three or four hours, but then I'd have to give them an offering. Listen, I would love for you guys to to join on the faith bus. Impacting Life twenty four seven is going to participate with that. Just so you know, I I, I want to be. We want to be a part. Get a seat on the faith bus, and uh, all of you that that want to, I'll make sure that the the uh, cash app and the Venmo is in the show notes. But pastors Philip and Jasmine McKee and eight children, they could have their own reality show. <laughs> they 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 are building a work for God and we're so thankful that you guys have taken time out of your schedule I know raising an infant I got an infant granddaughter here so I know you got your hands full but your your kids they're in the ministry you know they're helping they're singing praise singing loving God and I, that's the way that I'm you're raising them right thank God for the church I, I would rather take my chances raising them in church than leaving them out in the world. I'm going to give the last word to Pastor McGee. I want you to talk to all those people out there in the lower ninth that's going to see this and come to your church Sunday morning. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something about Noah. I'm going to a little closer. Go ahead, brother. Something about Noah is we we love people and we love God. Yeah. You know, we, we, we preach, we practice, and we believe it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. Jesus never came here to give us religion. He came here to give us a relationship. Right. He came here to teach us to love each other, to respect each other, to be there for each other. And that's what we implement at Noah. You know, we have the food pantry at Noah. We have the, the we call it the storehouse. We have, you know, we still cook for people. We have Tuesday night Bible studies in our home where we go pick up people. You know, we've got homeless people that come to church. We've got wealthy people that will show up to church. So it's it's a it's a great mixture of different people from different social classes, but everybody is treated as equals. Everybody that comes to this church, that comes to our home, 
they're treated just like we are, you know, and it's an honor to serve the people of New Orleans. And I tell people, I'm not just the pastor in the lower nine, but I'm the pastor in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. God called me to the city, not to the section of the city. Go ahead, brother. And so if you, ask me, if you ask me how many people do we have in the church, I'll tell you 1.5 million. Most of them just hadn't figured it out yet. That's right. <laughs> we, we, we love people. We love God. We love serving people. We love to be a blessing. So well, I appreciate listen, being on the show. It's, it's, it's a real honor. Man, it's an honor always to have you. Uh, you guys get some of the highest ratings when you're on the show because <laughs> y'all bring the faith. And well, uh, glory to like God. I said, Impact Life 24-7 is going to participate in the faith bus. And uh, we love you. Um, I can't wait for us to talk collard greens this Thanksgiving. Oh, man, I'm waiting on He think he could cook collars better than CL. (laughs) There's no thinking about it. There's no thinking. (laughs) Well, man, I love you, Pastor McGee, and we'll keep you you in our prayers. If you need anything else from us, this platform is always open to you. Okay, sir? Appreciate that, my brother. All right. I love y'all. Appreciate you guys, and I pray that somebody's blessed by it. Hug all those kids, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. T- take care. Yes. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We are done. Can collards. Greg, we don't do can collards, brother. We are done. Wasn't that fun, Greg? Back-to-back shows. That was that was cool. I'm not in shape to do it all the time, but it was, it was really great. Dr. Dunlap laid the foundation of possessions, resources, and finances. And then Pastor and Sister McKee elevated our faith down there at Noah. And for you, Greg, you get to go to bed now. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for tuning in to Impact Life 24-7. We are just flexing with the show because, Greg, I, I you know, I thought our schedule was going to slow down in the summer. But, in fact, it, it picked back up even after Greg canceled our calendar in June because of my illness. God has just opened up so many doors, back-to-back events. And so we just are trying to do the show when we can and be a blessing and an impact to those that will listen. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Impacting Life 24-7 with your host, C.L. King and Greg Smith, the VP. Take care.